return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Let's welcome Isaac as he comes. Amen. 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 Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Our most high God, we honor you and praise you tonight. We give you all the glory and worship you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for blessing us, not just us, but our children and our children's children and all generations unborn that comes from our seed are going to be blessed. We give you praise and we give you all the glory. Thank you for tonight, O oh God, a time like this in your presence. It is our prayer that you speak to us and you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, God richly bless you so much for passing through the cold and still coming to the presence of God. God richly bless you. God bless Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeannie and Pastor Randen for always giving us the opportunity to share the word of God. And we thank God for um, a safe flight and a safe journey he gave to Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie you know, for the wonderful things he, he did through them in India. We believe that they have planted seeds that are going to grow. They are going to germinate. And it's going to be a blessing. Amen. So tonight we'll be continuing what um, we started the last time, trust in God. So I call this the part two. And I'll specifically be looking at human helpers. So we'll take our scripture reading from Genesis 22, verse 1 to 3. After all this, God tested Abraham. God said, Abraham, yes, answered Abraham, I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will point out to you. Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. He had split wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had directed him. Amen. So, a recap of what we, we discussed the last time. So, we, we are talking about trusting in God, you know, and, and we began by saying that life is a journey, and every new year is like a journey, and every journey also has uncertainties, because there is so much anticipation, you know, you are trusting God for so many blessings that you have not yet seen. You are looking forward to great things happening in your life, great achievement, great accomplishments, and sometimes people become very anxious and they fear the future. And we realize that for us, we should not be afraid because we are children of God and our future is already predetermined. Our predetermined future is that it's going to be blessed. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. We are going to you know, be the best among the, among the rest because that is the plan God has for you and I. Okay, so... He says that he has great plans for us, plans, you know, to prosper us, plans not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. So all you and I need to do is to just trust in him and, and, and trust in his word. Amen. 
We just have to elevate our feet, you know, to align with his word. And that all that he has said will definitely be a blessing. So, in, in, this, in this scripture, we were looking at Abraham and how God had called him on a journey. And we learned some lessons that, you know, um, things that he did that made that journey a blessing and made him see the glory of God in his life. And then the first thing we, we, we heard last time was that he listened and obeyed. Okay, so, so as we look forward to a great year, as we look forward to having, you know, the blessings of God in our lives, one thing we can do to assure God's blessings in our lives is to listen to God. And not just listen, but also obey when we listen, you know. And we realize that God always speaks to us in so many ways. He speaks to us when we read the Bible. God is speaking to us. You know, when we spend time in prayer, God also speaks back to us. And we realize that most often it's because we, we hardly wait on God, you know. Anytime we go to his presence, we, we quickly run off after, you know, pouring out everything on our hearts to him. We don't wait to hear from him. So God speaks to us. So this year, we should read more of his word to hear from him and also spend more time waiting in his presence. Because those who wait upon the Lord renew their strength. And we heard in Jeremiah chapter 33 that God said that, Ask me, and I will tell you things. Things you don't know and cannot find out. Amen. So it means that when we ask God, when we speak to God, he speaks back to us. He tells us something. So we should be sensitive to the voice of God this year and know what he has in store for us. And lastly, we ended by saying that one lesson from this scripture is preparing and, preparing and planning. Okay. So when you look at the scripture carefully, the Bible says that even though Abraham trusted God, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible even said that he knew that God could even raise the dead. So he, he had hope and he believed that even when his son was sacrificed, God can still raise up his son back to life. And this tells you about, you know, how strongly he trusted God. But in spite of all his trust, we, we, see, something that he, we see something here in Scripture that he prepared and he planned for the journey that God had, you know, asked him to embark on. So he said that he got up early in the morning, he saddled his donkey, he got his split wood for the burnt offering, he carried a flint, and then also carried a knife. He put all logistics that he needed in place. And then he also carried his son along for the sacrifice. So he prepared for the journey ahead. So one way we can be guaranteed of, 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 of victory this year, even as we trust God, is that we also have to you know, position ourselves for the move of God by preparing, by planning, and, 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 and you know, standing in awaiting of God's blessings. So, so we have to prepare and plan. But tonight, I want to talk about one other lesson I, I, I learned. And, and that lesson is, don't ignore human helpers. Don't ignore human helpers. So, when you, when you look at God, you know, God, God is, a, is a great God. He, he, his ways and who he is cannot be fully described by man. Because he's, he's, he's powerful. And one of the attributes of God is that he's a great helper. You know, God is a great helper. When you read Psalm 46, verse 1, the Bible says that God is our refuge and strength. No, God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. You know, the psalmist says that I lift up my eyes onto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. 
So one thing you and I can be fully assured of is that God is a God who helps. He is always ready to help his people. He said we should call him in times of need. And he shall, he, shall, he, shall, he shall hear us. So God is ever willing to help. So tonight, maybe you may be in trouble. Tonight, maybe you may have a need on your heart. Maybe you are you know, expecting something from God. I want to assure you that we serve a God who helps. We, our God is not like the gods of this world who, you know, will drive away their people. Our God is ever ready to listen and help. So if you are listening to me online, I want to assure you that God is ready to help you and bring you out of your troubles. And, and one thing I also see is that because he is a helper, he has also given us some of his attributes as humans. So he has also put us in place to also help. When you read Psalm 115 verse 16, the Bible says something about God. The Bible says that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. So it means that heavens is, is, is God, it's for God, but, but earth is man's jurisdiction. So anytime you and I go on our knees and we pray to God, anytime we call upon the name of God in times of trouble and in times of need, you know, he hastens to help us. And one way by which he helps us is that he, because the jurisdiction of this earth belongs to man, he uses man to help us. So sometimes you, you may think your doctor who healed you is like the best doctor in town. You may think it was because he was learned and because he has practiced medicine for so many years. That is why he was able to give you the right pill or he was able to do the best surgery that put you in shape and now you are you know, healthy and strong. But I want to tell you that the great healer is God. He actually works through man to accomplish his purpose in the life of you know, his people. So God actually uses man to help us. So he accomplishes his purposes on earth using men and women. And one thing God does is that he strategically places certain people in our lives. He brings certain people our way to be our helpers. Hallelujah. And, and most often we pray. Most often we plan. But sometimes we fail to recognize that God also uses the people around us to be a blessing in our lives. So tonight I want us to have that mindset that we have helpers all around us. God has positioned people all around us to help us. When you look at this, this scripture very well, you know, the dream or the vision belonged to Abraham. He was the bearer of that vision. Wake up, take your son, go, do this, and I'm going to endorse my blessings in your life. Abraham was the carrier of the vision. But he realized that upon all his preparations, the Bible says that he took two young men along with him for the journey. In the verse 3, if you can go to the verse 3. So that Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. So he, he carried the vision, you know, he carried the plan. But then he needed some helpers along. And the Bible said that he took along, you know, two young servants. And, 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 you know, I'm just looking at scripture. Bible did not really tell us the name of these young men. Neither did Bible give us, you know, their, their roles or their responsibility in the journey. But I believe that they fulfilled a need. I believe that they provided the support that Abraham, upon all his riches, upon all that he had, could not provide. You know, and, and I'm, 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 I'm really sure these young men, they were not 
old, old servants. They were young men. And I'm sure maybe they might have been like the same age of, you know, with Isaac or maybe a little older. And I'm sure Abraham planted them there to distract Isaac. You know, the, the, he didn't, they didn't want Abraham and Isaac to have a father and son talk. The journey was actually a long journey, three days. And I believe that upon everything they gathered, one thing was lacking, which was the sheep for the sacrifice. And as mad as Isaac was, definitely working with his father for like, or traveling with his father for like three days, that issue would have definitely come up. I believe that the heart of Abraham was heavy. He, he, I'm sure he was very emotional throughout the trip. And, you know, traveling alone with Isaac would have pushed him to some, some way, somehow, spill, you know, the whole beans. And Isaac might, might have bolted or run away, you know, and have jeopardized the whole mission. So I believe that the presence of these two young men were there so that they can interact with Isaac. They can distract Isaac. They can have time with Isaac so that their father can be prayerfully, you know, traveling, you know, waiting on God, trying to get, you know, get all the emotions away, and get prepared for the sacrifice. So I believe that he served the purpose, you know. And, and, and when you look at the verse 6 to 7 of Genesis 22, Bible said that when they, when they got closer to the mountain, and Abraham told the young men to stay behind, that he and Isaac would go to the mountain for the sacrifice. Just when he told the young men to stay, and then he took all the things they needed for the sacrifice, Bible said that, and Isaac asked him a question. We have all these things. What about the sheep for the sacrifice? So within some few seconds when they had to leave the guys behind, now he had come back to his senses to ask his father about what they were going to use for the sacrifice. So I believe that these young men served this great purpose in, in, in their journey. Secondly, one thing I also believe is that um, because Abraham had so much faith that even if, even if his son died, God could raise him from the dead, I believe that he needed some companions who would, you know, um, who would be friends with Isaac on their way back because he would be traumatized. You know, imagine your father putting you on, a, on an altar, you know, planning to kill you, you know. Or maybe he kills you and God brings you back to life. And you knew that he killed you and God brought you back to life. You are going to be scared of your father. You are going to, you, you may feel you are abused. And you may need, you know, people to talk to. So I believe that these were all strategies that, but apart from even the fellowship, I believe that these young men were strong men. These young men were people who were strong and maybe offered protection for Isaac and Abraham as they journeyed to Moriah. So these young men were there for a purpose. So I believe that God has a plan for you. I believe that God has laid a vision on your heart. I believe that God has so much to do with you on earth. But you see, one thing I want you to realize is that God has also placed people your way to help you. God has also placed people your way to support you in this journey that you are embarking on. So this was where God actually validated and endorsed his blessing he wanted to bless Abraham with. Because the Bible said that after everything, the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham and he said that because of what you have done, I swear by myself that I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your generation. I'm going to, your, your descendants shall, you know, take the cities of their enemy. And God actually poured out so much blessing. So I believe that these young men were a part of this blessing. So, so 
God has positioned people, human helpers are away. So the, 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 the bottom line is that because of this, you have to be good to people. The bottom line is that because of this, you have to be nice. Because of this, the bottom line is that you have to be kind to people. Because God will use these people as a blessing in your life. So be, be, be nice to people, be good to people. And these human helpers can, can be your, your spouse, it can, your friends, you know, your family members. It can be your pastor, it can be a boss, you know, um, your subordinate at work. It could even be strangers. And sometimes God can even use your enemies to be a helper and a blessing to your life. So we, 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 we have to be nice. We have to be good to people. I can just imagine um, Abraham not being nice to these young men. Now when you read Galatians 6, 9, the Bible says something in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says that, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So you have to be nice, you have to be good, and you have to be kind to people. You know, when we do good, when we are courteous, when we are kind, you know, and when we love others, what happens is that we draw our helpers closer to us. Because sometimes you may not even know who God is placing in your life to be a blessing. So when you demonstrate love to these people, when you demonstrate kindness, when you demonstrate, you know, courteousness to these people, you are actually drawing them closer to you. When, when, we are, when we are rude, when we are self-conceited, when we develop a character that is repelling, what happens is that we are, we are driving away our God-ordained helpers. So, so let us be loving. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. It says that, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. As we are kind, as we do good to others, you know, you know, God brings people our way who are a blessing. You remember the story of Abraham when he was sitting in front of his tent and, you know, he saw some gentlemen and then he just rushed them, you know, offered to give them food and water. And after everything, they actually spoke a blessing. Said, a year by this time, we are going to hear the sound of a baby in this home, you know. Through this, this gesture, you know, they had put, you know, a helper. God actually spoke in their life. So God uses human helpers to help us in so many ways. And, 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 and one of them is that, you know, they provide physical support. They provide physical support for our needs. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, we see something where God uses an enemy to be a helper to Nehemiah, to provide a need to fulfill the purposes that God had given Nehemiah to fulfill. So, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Atazazes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and, and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, 
Let him send me to the city in Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the king sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Transifrates, so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. When you read the verse 8, he also requested of logistics, you know, wood and other things he needed to build the broken walls of Jerusalem. The chapter 1 of Nehemiah talks about when the news was broke to Nehemiah that the, uh, you know, the temple is in ruins and the wall is broken. And Bible said that he wept and wept and wept and prayed. And God laid a vision on his heart to go back and build the walls. Now he needed a helper. You know, when you look at the scripture very well, the verse 2, what we just, chapter 2, you know, Bible said that he had never been, you know, somber or he had never been so sad before the king. It is true, yes, he was carried captive and he should have some bitterness in his heart. He should hate the king. He should always have a bad countenance and not be happy when he's doing his job because he's in captivity. But he, he lived well. He lived at peace with the king. He tried to be nice to the king. And the king was surprised the day he realized that he was not happy. And because of that, God actually moved the heart of the king to provide the needed resources to support the vision of Nehemiah. And this, this talks about when you are good. This talks about when you are kind to people. This talks about when you live at peace with people. You are able to pull them to help you. you know. And, and one thing about these um, human helpers is that they also point us to the solutions we need. They help us, they point us to the solutions we need. You know, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 2, the story about Naaman and then the slave girl. You know, Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy, you know. Upon all the accolades, upon all the wonderful things they mentioned about Naaman, a mighty, you know, military man, he was that, he was that. He had a need, and the need was that he had leprosy. And now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. Let's read the verse 3. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So you know how leprosy was in the, in the times of old. Anyone who was leprous would be cast out, you know, to live in the outskirts of the town, not to be invited into the city. And I believe that for Naaman, because of how special he was, leading the people to war, winning battles and all that, he had some favor. And I believe that the people of Aram did not really know his condition. If people had known his condition... There would have been a route and people would have, you know, taken him out of the town. But his masters loved him and tried to protect him because through him, the Bible says that God won a lot of victories for the people of Aram. Now, you, you, the, the people of Aram, you know, go and then take a slave girl, a young girl. And from what we read, it was like a rampage. They just went, scattered stuff and took the girl from their parents, brought, them, brought the girl to um, Aram. And... Interestingly, this girl also saw that Naaman was leprous. And I'm just believing and thinking that for her to see that his, her master 
was leprous, it means that there would be a good relationship between, you know, her and then her mistress and then her master. You know, otherwise, she could have also gone out and propagated the news that, oh, my master is leprous and, you know, because of her bitterness, because they took her from her home country and all that. But I believe that they took good care of her. I believe that they lived well with her. I believe that the, even though she was a stranger or a foreigner, they were kind to her. And, and because of that, she was not a highly privileged girl. She was a slave. But then she knew a solution to the problem of Naaman. So when we are nice to people, when we are kind to people, when we have a good aura around us, we embrace people who can even tell us what we need. You know, the, the, God has placed solutions all around us. So, so, so we see here that having good rapport, having good relationship, and, you know, brings, causes, you know, helpers to come our way who can point us to solutions, you know, to solutions that we need in life. So in life, we should not look down on people. In life, we should not, um, we should not look down on people. It, the person, the helper can be a child. The helper can even be your subordinate. You can be intellectually and financially endowed more than that person. But God can still place such a person your way. Just be nice. <laughs> Amen. Just be nice to such people and, and God can use them. One other thing that these human helpers do, God bring our way, is that they sometimes offer us brilliant ideas. You know, brilliant ideas. In Exodus chapter 18, verse 17, it's a long scripture. I'm not going to read it. But we know the story of Jethro and, and Moses. You know, Jethro was the father-in-law to Moses. And he had heard of, of how God had used Moses, you know, to do wonderful miracles in Egypt, even brought the people of Israel from captivity. And he had heard of all the templates. He had heard of all the miracles, the parting of the Red Sea. And, you know, he, he actually brought Moses' wife and his kids to Moses. And he had heard of all the good things. And when he came, he, he realized something. He realized that, Moses could spend the whole day judging cases in Israel. He would sit judging cases in Israel, you know. But he offered him a good advice. You know, he told him that, yes, it is true, you are the anointed of God. I'm also a priest. Maybe I may not be able to do miracles like you do, but I can offer you an advice, you know. One thing I like is that upon all the advice he gave in the verse 24, the Bible said that Moses listened to the advice. He told him that what you are doing, you are going to end your life very soon. Why don't you teach the people the law? Let them know what the, the law says. And then pick amongst the people, you know, people who are, people, persons who are going to head over thousands, who are going to head over hundreds, over fifties, and then put them in charge of issues. So that when things that are difficult, you know, things, situations that are difficult, you know, that they cannot handle, are presented to you, then you will handle those cases. And he took it, and it was a blessing to him. And I believe that it prolonged his days. So, Irrespective of how, you know, Moses could stand face to face and speak to God, you know, how anointed he was, he was ready to listen, you know. And, and that idea, you know, ended him well, up well. It, be, it became a blessing to him and his, and his role as, as a leader of the people of Israel. I've heard of stories. I know a serious millionaire in Ghana whose success story was someone just giving him an idea. So he was a taxi driver. And he, he, he picked the passenger. And while driving the passenger, they were, you know, talking, discussing. And apparently, he, he always picks up, picks up that passenger. Always he goes to pick him up. 
And because of how nice he was as a taxi driver, the, the passenger also shared ideas with him. And there was one brilliant business idea he, he told the taxi driver about that he picked up, went for a loan, pursued that, and now he's a millionaire, big-time millionaire in Ghana. So, so ideas. God brings people our way. When we are nice to people, when we live well with people, God, God, God blesses us. And, and one thing that these human helpers also do is that sometimes they put in a word for us. Sometimes they recommend us. Sometimes they connect us to, you know, to the powers that be. And, and in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18 to 21, 1 Samuel 16, 18-21, we see a story, of, a story of David, you know. And the number of the gold, okay. Yeah, then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son who is with the sheep. Let's read the 18, the verse 18 first. Somebody made a recommendation about David. Okay, so 18. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem. Who knows how to play the law? He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. The verse 22. Okay. Then Saul sent a word to Jesse saying, Allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. Okay, so, so this, is a, this is a human helper who, who recommended David, who, 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 who put in a word for David. Now when you look at how David was described, the Bible says that he, he spoke well. When you look at other versions, the Bible says that he was courteous. Other version says that he was polite. So it, it tells you about his, his, his interpersonal relationship with people. You know. And because of that, you know, when they needed someone to, to assuage the, the problems of Saul, you know, Saul was being tormented by demons and all that, and they needed someone who could skillfully play the harp you know, to cool him down. Somebody put in a word for David. Just because of who he was, just because of how he loved people, just because of how courteous he was, just because of how he had good interpersonal relationship with people, in spite of his giftings, he also had a good attitude, you know. And 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 because of that, he was presented to the king, and that was where I believe he started learning about becoming a leader in Israel. So so someone put in a word for him, you know. People also put in a word for. You know, the, the butler also put in a word for Joseph. You know, they woke up, they had dreams in the prison, the butler, you know, and the baker. And, you know, they were distressed. And from nowhere, Joseph just asked them, why are you distressed? You know, he cared for them. He showed love for them. They are all prisoners. Everyone should be thinking about his own, you know, issue. But he, he showed some kind of love. Got to know what was happening with them interpreted their dreams to, to them. He told them that when you go out, remember me. When you read the scriptures, the Bible says that, and when Pharaoh was having those dreams, that was when the butler remembered that there was one guy who had been good to me. And then he recommended him to Pharaoh. And when he stood before Pharaoh, the glory of God prevailed. And that was when he became a king. And that is, 
the things that come comes about when when we love people, when we live you know well with people. You know, giftings are very very important, but attitude is also matters. Bible says that in the book of Proverbs 18:16, it said that the gift of a man shall open doors for him; he shall present him before great men. You know, but attitude is also very very important. So let's let's love people. Let's be kind. Let's be courteous. Let's live. Let's be at peace with others. As we do that, you know, and trust God, God, you know, draws our helpers to us. So Abraham, you know, had helpers, people who came around to help him support his vision. The helper can be your professor. Your, the helper can be your, your student. Your helper can be your pastor. You know, God can even use a prophet to be a helper, to give you a prophetic advantage. The God reveals to them, and he tells you that I can foresee this is going to happen. You know, and then when you take the word, you know, it becomes a blessing to you. So, so God has provided us with helpers. So as we trust God for a great year, as we trust God for so many blessings, as we trust God for his favor upon our lives this year, let's do good to others. Let's be kind, you know, and let's, 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 let's be able to pull those God have destined to be a blessing in our life closer to us. And, and one thing we should understand is that these helpers are tools or people God is using to bless our lives. It gets to a point in time, people idolize their helpers. You know, in, in Africa and other places, people even idolize their, their pastors. And because God, you know, gave them revelations about their life and God have used them prophetically to be a blessing to them, they now even take their word beyond the word of God. And sometimes when they are even going astray, they still follow them. But let's know that the true helper is God. And he uses these people to be a blessing. I believe that is why these two young men didn't go all the way to the mountain with Abraham. Because they have limitations as humans. So these helpers are also limited because they are humans. The person you can trust in is God. You know, Jesus was, Jesus was in sorrow. Jesus was about to be crucified. And his disciples were giving him comfort and all that. And they get to get Gethsemane and he says that, pray with me, you know, be with me. They were helping him in prayer and all that. He, he tells them, stay here. Goes with the other three, stay here. I'm going further to pray. He comes back and they are all asleep. Yeah. I'm just talking about the weakness of the helpers. That is why your trust should be in God. Trust God more. Because in the take of event, it was God who was with Jesus Christ. In the take of event, on the mountains, it was God who was with Abraham. Those two young men were just somewhere. So our helpers are good, let's be kind, let's be nice, but let's know that it is God who uses them to be a blessing. So when a helper comes your way, don't idolize the, the, the helper. Rather, thank God for bringing these people your way. So, Abraham, God help us for the journey. And I pray that God will open heavens for you and I. That this year, God is going to connect us to every helper we need. Everyone God has destined to connect us to high places, Everyone God wants to bring our way to give us good ideas that will make the purposes and the plans of God concerning our life come to pass. God should bring them our way. It could be a friend, you know, who, you know, Bible says that Peter, when Jesus was captured, they were, they were following suit. They wanted to see what was going to happen to Jesus Christ. Now, when they got there, they, they, went, they took Jesus Christ to the high priest. The Bible said that one of the other disciples was allowed to enter because Cephas, the high priest at the time, knew him. But for Peter, he was ignored. 
And that disciple came out and then whispered to the gatekeeper. I'm sure he was telling that he's my friend. I know him. Let him in. And then he brought Peter in. And that is the connection we are talking about. When you have people who can connect you. And God has brought all these people away. Let's be kind. Let's be nice to people. And we are going to experience how God blesses people through helpers. So tonight, this is the word of God for us. That let's live at peace with everyone. And let's know that God has put people away to bless us in so many diverse ways. It's my prayer that we do not miss our helpers. God will bring them our way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we bless you tonight and give you praise. We honor you. And we glorify your name, O God, that you are our chief helper. You said we should call on your, you call upon you in times of need, and you hear us, and you reveal things that are even hidden unto us. We thank you for the love that you have for us. We thank you for also strategically placing people in our way to be a blessing to us. Our prayer is that let, help us not to miss our helpers. Help us, O oh God, to, to live lives that will bring our helpers our way. It is our prayer that you, you cause your favor and your goodness and your kindness to continue to abound in our lives. Lead us to where you want us to be. Let us not miss your plans and your purposes concerning our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus, committing every need and every desire tonight into your hands, that you who are a helper will meet your people at the point of need. May you heal every sickness. May you take away every pain. May you bring solutions to problems that people are facing. It is our prayer that continue to revive our hearts and always draw us closer to you, to love you and to serve you more and more. And cause your life, O oh God, to radiate even in us. So that we'll be able to draw the people you have brought our way to be our helpers, even in our lives. We thank you and we give you all the glory for destiny helpers. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.